This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! This is the Ordinary Observations Christmas Special. It's the fucking omnibus, baby! The we've, big omnibus. We've been talking about this for so long. Yeah, so what we plan to do, we're now at, we now have released 13 episodes of Ordinary Observations, mm. and um, basically every single time we have a lot, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. And uh, we plan to just rack off all the things from every episode that we didn't really get to. Exactly. We usually kind of have... Do a, a little rerun of all the things we talked about. Yep. We usually have a couple extra points of topic or points of discussion in case we run out of conversation whilst we're doing our show regularly. Yeah. So these are all the, the scraps from the bucket that got left over. All right. Yeah. We, we love a laundry list here, and oh, this is a big one. This is a dirty one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this laundry needs washing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, beginning admin, mate. Yeah, sure. Um, How the listenership stats? I think uh, they're good. Eden, what are the listenership stats at, mate? Not sure. I think the female listenership's at thirty-three percent. That's a third. That's a third. That's a third. We can we can probably live with that. Yeah. What's the plus sixty-fives looking like? I don't know at the moment, but share it to your grandma, please, and do. grandfather. <laughs> uh, Icelandic listeners, any idea? I haven't heard anything yet from them. I think them. we might be lacking there. Marshall Islands. Marshall Islands. No. No, I haven't heard anything from the Marshalls for a while now. Yeah. Okay. Maybe in the new year. Oh, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to get back onto that one. Yeah, this is the Christmas special. Mm. Love a good Christmas time. Yep. Shout out to Eula. Her name means Christmas. Shout out to Linnea. If you're going to mention your girlfriend, I have to mention mine. <laughs> um, Not that I didn't want to, of course. <laughs> of, of course, of course, of course. Of course. Uh, more admin. Um, we now put plenty of stickers around Gothenburg, I think. Yeah, I mean, I can't help but notice there's still a couple sitting here in the K103 uh, little fika room kind I'm of thing. Sure, I'm sure people are just waiting to take yeah, them back for I Christmas, mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. Spread it to your boring hometowns. Mm, <laughs> Please. Mm-hmm. Take them home with you. Yep. What else? Plenty more content in the new year. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so we'll be back January. I, I'm back in Sweden January 21st. Yeah. So maybe a week, maybe two weeks after that kind yeah. of thing. But yeah. Cool. All right. Let's get into it. All righty. Let's, let's kick it off with a tune. Yep. And then we'll get into it. Yep. This one's a fussy bell raging bull. Lyssna på Morning Glory varje fredag klockan 11 där vi bjuder på intressanta gäster och aktuella ämnen blandat med ny musik. Se på kaffet för nu tar vi oss an dagen tillsammans. Fredagar klockan 11.00. Yes, you're listening to Ordinary Observations with Mark and Jack on K103, Gothenburg Student Radio. We're sitting here at 6 o'clock in the fucking morning, and we're going through a list of shit that we never got to under our regular episodes. Yeah, this is for all of you. The right. big Christmas special. So we're starting it off. Yeah, Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> you filthy animals. <laughs> You're getting punished by listening to more of us. <laughs> yeah. um, episode one, we covered death and dying in experimental vehicles. Yeah. We talked about the Titan submarine, obviously. Big news, 2023. Yeah. We talked about the Challenger disaster and the Columbia disaster to... Uh, both the space shuttles there. The space shuttles that had particularly unfortunate endings. Mm. And we talked the Concorde taken before its time. And we even discussed the Hindenburg Did we talk there. about the Concorde? 
Yeah, we did. Okay. And the Hindenburg as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we did the Hindenburg. I don't think we talked about the Concorde. I wanted to shout out the Concorde, actually. Yeah. Because Air France... Fucking Air France ruined it for the rest of us. Yeah, that plane was cool, man. That plane was mean. Yeah. I mean, it only fit like 120 people, but it was it fast. Could, it could fly across the Atlantic in like three hours or something. Yeah. So that was pretty sweet. Oh. And it was only that one fatal crash, that Air France crash. Yeah, it, it only killed like... 113 people. I've got the number right in front of me. <laughs> a few. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a couple of people on the ground included in that, which mm. sucks. That's the worst way to die in an air crash. Oh, yeah. Not, not even, even involved. Not on the plane. It's got nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah. They just crash into you. So, yeah, what we wanted to talk about on this Christmas special was the things we missed off. And I think from that episode, the very first one we did, the only thing we missed off was a bit of self-driving cars chat. Yeah. To be fair, we've... Been... Something we didn't really plan originally to talk about because it really hasn't happened that much. But upon further research for this episode, <laughs> 11 deaths have come from self-driving cars in the first four months of 2022. That's a very specific statistic. The first four months of 2022. <laughs> it's now the end of 2023. Yeah, a third of the year of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that's improved. Mm. Uh, we've, yeah, we've kicked it off with a little bit of a anticlimactic beginning here because we didn't really have anything left over from death and dying in experimental vehicles yeah i just wanted to shout out the concord that's pretty much it i wanted to shout out the titan submarine but so people don't forget that they had to shit in a bucket (laughs) (laughs) just relitigate the whole titan submarine drama but uh episode two deranged leaders of the modern era yeah honestly this was a really fun one i think yeah yeah we uh we looked at some uh, really crazy dictators of the 20th century and we we really wanted to emphasize skipping over their heinous crimes and uh, just just more about their chaotic lives. We really lives. swept out that under the carpet. Yeah, we just really like honestly, we know they're bad. Yeah, we, yeah, we know we, it. We get it. We get but it. We're we get here it. to laugh. Yeah, yeah. So we talked. There's uh, a bit of history, but we're here to have a laugh. Yeah, we talked Doctor Jaffa. Yeah, Idi Amin. Idi Amin. Hoon in the oranges. Yep. We talked Mr. Gaddafi. Yeah, famous, <laughs> famous, very proud supporter of the IRA. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of camels. Yep. We talk King Farouk. Mr. Sticky Fingers, uh. King Farouk. <laughs> he loves stealing stuff. The man. belly with the head, King Farouk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who didn't we get to? Infamous Big Mouth. Mm. We very briefly touched on the Kims, the Kim family, Kim Jong-il and Kim Jong-un, of course. Mm. Yeah, what I wanted to briefly discuss beforehand was the debt that North Korea still has to Sweden for 1,000 Volvos in mm-hmm. 1970s. Yep. In 1974, uh, North Korea placed an order for 1,000 Volvo 144 models and other uh, mechanical equipment worth $73 million from Sweden at the time. Mm. And interestingly enough, Sweden was actually the first Western country to set up an embassy in North Korea as they looked to open up trade there. They, they saw it as a... They, oh, they would be. A prosperous trade standard. Standard Swedish behavior sneaking like, into I North Korea. I don't think they have any money, I'm sorry. Hmm. Yeah, Sweden from 1974 is still waiting for that money. Uh, and it's worth over 2 billion Swedish crowns now, around right? $250 million from the, all the debt interest. That's a lot of cash. Um, speaking of the Kims, we start with Kim Jong-il, uh, German media reported in 2007 that Kim hoped to, this is the, the middle Kim, hoped to solve the famine in his country by breeding giant rabbits. Yeah, right. An Eastern German farmer who bred rabbits the size of dogs was apparently asked by North Korea to help set up a huge bunny farm to alleviate food shortages. (laughs) So to get things going, he sent over to North Korea a batch of 12 giant rabbits but was shocked to find out that they were just eaten at Kim's birthday oh, banquet like a week later. What? <laughs> yeah, so basically he just got a free big feed out of them. Well, that's quite smart. Like, quite a smart idea. Well, now it is to try and send 
live animals to North Korea. Ah, I don't think the rabbits are kept in particularly. <laughs> ah, just imagine that's some paperwork to they're get just, through. They're just put in boxes. I don't think uh, that. I don't think, <laughs> I doubt the North Koreans have a whole lot of paperwork going on <laughs> the other side. But I mean, great idea though. Rabbits breed fast. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, if you can breed them the size of a dog, happy days. That's a lot of meat. Yep. And uh, Kim Jong-il was also said to be one of the world's biggest private buyers of Hennessy Cognac, which is pretty impressive. Isn't Hennessy like low-quality stuff? Uh, is it fancy? Yeah, I think it's I really Hen- fancy. I thought Henny was like gangster rap shit. Nah, but apparently it's really expensive, but when gangsters like made lots of money, they started buying it, and Hennessy was like, fuck, what do we do? We're meant oh, to be okay. like a luxury product. I thought <laughs> Hennessy was like in the trap house <laughs> yeah. kind of... Henny and the Lean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so um, it's it's the gangster rappers and Kim Jong Il. <laughs> <Ill. laughs> and uh, Kim Jong Un, the youngest Kim, he uh, his trademark haircut, you know, the real box look. I think we do. Yep. Is uh, reportedly one of the 28 approved haircuts for men in North Korea and even has a name. It's called Ambitious. <laughs> Can I get an Ambitious, please, boss? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what did we call it on the uh, the Chinese smuggler haircut? <laughs> <laughs> Something like yeah. that. Oh, shout out North Korea. Um, the was... 28 approved haircuts, quite a lot of approved haircuts in my opinion. I think that's more than most barbers can even do to yeah, I mean, 28's... I mean, 28 dude haircuts. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, without being particularly interesting haircuts because yeah. it's North Korea they're probably very yeah no mohawks or something no like no that. no mohawks no colors no nah. long hair on dudes no, nothing like that you think that 28 just like different sides of sizes of fades yeah <laughs> oh. and um yeah it was reportedly um a shout out to his grandfather Kim Il-sung the founder of North Korea a uh, <laughs> a news report from 2017 found that only 15 hairstyles were supposedly approved and that uh, Kim's iconic ambitious haircut was <laughs> off limits to commoners of the of the land yeah and uh yeah no one knows the rest if... of the commoners are like thank fuck for that yeah, just, i'd rather go skinhead yeah man like, i'd rather be sentenced to 15 years of hard prison <laughs> labor than get the chinese smuggler cut <laughs> <laughs> and uh no one knows his real age somewhere between 34 and 36 bit yeah. like um idi amin no True. one really knows his real age it's the same with his kids uh, they were never publicly, well, they haven't, they don't publicly have a birthday. So. Yeah, and um, he's the third Kim to hold power in North Korea, and he reportedly had plastic surgery at age 27. Again, they don't really know his age, so late 20s, mm. to look more like his grandfather, who founded that. That's fucked up. That is bizarre. Founded the Republic. That yeah. is bizarre behavior. Imagine getting. There's one person I wouldn't want to look like is my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if your grandfather Kim uh, Kim Il Sung. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was episode one and two. Mm-hmm. Death and dying in experimental vehicles and deranged leaders of the modern era. All right. Tune time? Yeah, I think so. We'll hit the next tune and then we'll come back this to episode is, uh, three. This is Elephant Trench. Don't come rub it up. You got a bad vibe. I give what I can, but I can't put your people. I'm in danger. Shut us out there. You're listening to Gothenburg Student Radio K103. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas over at K103 with Ordinary Observations. This is the Christmas special. You can find us on Spotify or on Instagram at Ordinary Observations. We're having a big old roundup of uh, all the uh, things we've produced so far. And um, so far we've discussed uh, episode one, death and dying in experimental vehicles. And episode two, deranged leaders of the modern era. Shout out to people celebrating Christmas this year on the 25th of December, Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. 
the real day of Christmas. <laughs> the real fucking Christmas day. Yeah. Not like the yeah the the Europeans who are impatient. Yeah, they're too eager. Impatiently celebrating on the twenty fourth, oh. opening up their Christmas presents like greedy little piggies under the tree. <laughs> Episode 3 was obscure sports involving the questionable treatment of animals. Yeah, this is something you were extremely keen to do. You loved it. You wanted to talk about camel tagging and horse diving. Oh, yeah, I thought this was a great, great episode. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> but there was a couple that I, I mean, it could have been better. We could have got to some, some more stuff like we've got I to think list here. we should save that for another episode where we go into some medieval sports with yeah. the uh, animals because they are grim. Quote, unquote, sports. <laughs> because they're not questionable. Oh, <laughs> they're that's, just grim. That's very bad treatment yeah. of animals <laughs> yeah. it's not questionable uh, first up though pigeon shooting is something we didn't get to yeah pretty much what it sounds like birds released from cages and you got to shoot as many as possible before they fly away pretty popular with rich people throughout the 20th century still goes on at private gun clubs is my understanding yeah, yeah still i don't a, doubt that they still breed a few pigeons yeah. here and there so they can let them out and shoot the fuck out of them yeah Still goes on at private gun clubs and shit where annoying protesters can't get in the way. Yeah, yeah. you know, you know, big big plots of land. That yeah, are exactly. very private. Out the back of the farm somewhere. Big high fences. Yeah. These rich gun club people say it is no worse than the thousands of pigeons which are killed by cities to keep the populations in control each year, which is actually a pretty fair point if you had to ask me. Yeah, but I guess that city officials aren't going around with a shotgun. No. They just poison them, so. I guess yeah, they leave some poison out or something. Oh. I guess it's a matter of intent. Oh. is the question there. Thankfully, uh, it's not a part of the Olympic Games anymore, but it once was. The live pigeon shooting from just the 1900 Games. And uh, yeah, made for great TV. It was the only time in Olympic history where animals were killed on purpose as a sport, yeah. I say bring it back. Yeah, I don't like pigeons. Uh, I actually do like pigeons. I think they're a very underrated bird. Mike Tyson was a big pigeon guy. I believe that's how he initially got into fighting. Somebody could, somebody killed his pet pigeon or one of his pet pigeons. Could be hearsay. So it just beat the shit out of them. His pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. All right. Next up. Next up, another sport we didn't discuss. Bullfighting. Mm-hmm. A sport that takes place in Spain, Portugal, some parts of southern France and some Latin American countries. I feel like there's a lot to unpack with bullfighting. Yeah. Uh, we can try our best, but let's just see. Hundreds of years of cultural history. <laughs> and we're like, questionable treatment. <laughs> Um, supposedly a cultural event, but uh, I don't believe that. It's more like a blood, more like bloodthirsty Spaniards, you know. Okay. Apparently, most of the spectators are tourists in these arenas, mm-hmm. and uh, upon doing surveys of the people who attended a bullfight, ninety percent said they would not return after seeing how brutal bullfighting is. Mm. And only twenty five percent of people in Spain actually support it. So yeah, we're mostly talking about Spanish bullfighting. Right. Yeah. So, it lasts about one to two hours and involves three different stages. The first stage is the most famous, where the bull charges into the stadium and the matadors, the killers, have only a cape to defend themselves. Is that the translation? (laughs) Yeah. That's the real translation. Okay. And uh, they can see how... So, they basically see how fast the bull charges. And because these bulls can weigh like 500 to 700 kilos, like Mm. they're big, big boys. Big units. Yeah. Mm. And uh, 35,000 bulls a year are killed in Spain alone, which is wild for uh, not that big of a country. But I didn't know, to be honest with you, I didn't know that bullfighting, the bulls actually die at the end. Yeah, I mean, I've actually been to one of these, and I also did not know that bulls died in it. I thought they just do the thing with the cape, like like the spectacle. I thought it was more like a circus act. I thought that was it. Yeah, it ain't. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. So after the... 
Matadors have quote unquote played with the ball. Mm. Then entering the arena are two picadores, which is a translation of stabbers, who are mounted on horses, which is a super cruel to the horses. And uh, the horses are covered in like a big, like thick, you know, these like thick coats they have for winter, but like three times as thick okay. to stop them being stabbed by the ball. Oh, really? Yeah, like big quilts, mm. a big, big armor kind of thing. Mm. And then uh, the picadores try to stab the bull's neck when it's lowered. And uh, so when what they do is they entice the bull in to the guy with the cape. And then they try to stab the bull's neck to uh, to weaken the chance of the bull injuring the matador. Right. Many times this instantly paralyzes the bull as they intentionally target its neck muscles and ligaments. Uh, yeah, we don't have to explain how cruel that is. That's horrible. That's not great. And... Uh, Got the feeling that it's sold to Taurus as more of a circus act, but it's just really barbaric. So, and then uh, entering the arena are the banderios, the guys with skewers, mm. who basically are a bit shorter and a bit lighter, who jump up and stab large metal skewers in the bull's shoulders to wear it down, which uh, only enrages the bull more. And then the third and final stage is where the matador, the killer, is then given a sword, like a, a real sword. Because I, I think at the start they have like a wooden one or a plastic one for show. Okay. And then they're given a real one. And they basically play with the cape, with the ball, enticing it forward, backwards, side to side to just wear it down. And th- at this point, the bull is like very angry, bleeding a lot. Like it's really horrible to see. I wouldn't suggest anyone go watch okay. it. Okay. I've seen it and it's very gross. Are you part of the 90% that regret going to see it? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say you'd be f- hard to find the 10% of Taurus who enjoyed that. Okay. And uh, yeah, so he eventually thrusts the sword into the bull's spinal cord or the heart, immediately killing it. But mm. it doesn't always kill it. Okay. It's the same with the ones where they paralyze it. It's like, uh, it doesn't really always happen, you know? Yeah. And there's no hope for the bull, but many matadors have been killed in the past from being gored by the horns of the bull. 534 matadors have died over 300 years of bullfights. Also, the bull, it always dies one way or another, you know? Yeah, right. And uh, it's then eaten. The current king of Spain is a big fan, and mm-hmm. he's sent to often attend the bullfights after church on a Sunday. <laughs> Gets rid of his sins and then goes watch <laughs> the most bloodthirsty thing you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, even in the year 1567, the then Pope at the time thought that bullfighting was too cruel. Mm, 1567? Yeah. Oh, they didn't have the best sort of um, animal rights advocacy <laughs> no, back then. No, but if you imagine that then it's too cruel, how did it last like yeah. so many years? It's, yeah, it's very gory. All uh, right. That was episode three. That was episode three. Was the questionable treatment of animals. We did, yeah, discuss some camel tagging. We discussed some horse diving. Episode four was bad on-field behavior. I think all we've got left is just people <laughs> pissing on the field. That's all right. That's okay. But do you want to take a song or you want to carry on? Uh, we could, I suppose. Yeah. This one's a Christmas song. It's called Your Face on Christmas Day by Aiden Foyer. Hello, dear listener. This is Jack from Ordinary Observations the radio equivalent of tax fraud from the International Space Station. Catch us live on K103 at 8pm on Wednesdays or any other time on pod streaming platforms. Just search for Ordinary Observations. We'll see you there. Yeah, it feels a bit wrong to reintroduce our show after listening to our promo. But this is Ordinary Observations. This is our Christmas special. You already already knew it was fucking Ordinary Observations on K103. We're talking episode four now. We've got bad on-field behavior. Here we focus on some crazy shit like uh, Iron Mike Tyson biting off a van, well, 
taking a big big hoik out of Evander Holyfield's ear. <laughs> we also de- discussed prolific football bit oh, by the Luis Suarez. Yep, his, his three or four bites yeah, that he got into. Bites. We got into, what was old mate's name, the headbutt? Zidane. Oh, Zidane. Zidane. Yeah, yeah, we got into a bit of John Hopawadi. Oh, that's right. We've been going on about Hopawadi ever since, to be honest. Yeah, as soon as I found out about this man, I not stopped talking yeah, about it. Yeah, <laughs> former international rugby league player and boxer and was subsequently convicted of violent crimes, John Hopawadi. That's his Wikipedia page. Yeah, But there was some stuff we didn't get to, Mark. Yeah, we didn't really get to on-field pissing, <laughs> pissing on the pitch. It happens often, though. Yeah, we have a few here. It happens way more than you think. So, yeah. let's start off with the first one. Salford were playing against Bradford in the Horsfall Stadium in October 2017. In the 87th minute, the away team's keeper, Max Crocom, was sent off the pitch completely out of the blue. Supporters were fuming as they had no idea what happened. So the game's just playing, and then the the ref turns around and just sends off the goalkeeper. It's like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. Eventually, the Twitter page of Bradford City gave everyone an answer. This is a quote from them. We can confirm that Crocom was sent off for urinating during the game. <laughs> we are not joking. <laughs> oh. Then there's what's he supposed to do though? Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, then there's the case of Jens Lehmann. The former German international was playing for Stuttgart in the Champions League in the early 2000s when the incident happened. He sprinted and jumped over the advertising hoardings for a quick pee, then in the blink of the eye, jumped back into the pitch. The referee didn't even notice this. He uh, he, uh, he is claimed to have said, I thought he, he handled it very expertly. Put it was a German tricky... accent on. No. Do it. <laughs> I thought he handled it very perfect, very expertly. It was a tricky situation. Assisted <laughs> That was your Dutch accent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm broken now. I can only do the Dutch one. <laughs> Stuttgart's director of football later said that. Yeah, and um, but that's interesting how the difference between the British and the Germans there. Yeah, one just pissed on the pitch, and then one was like, "You cannot piss on the pitch." Yeah, but I've I just got to run. <laughs> the German guy got. No, sorry, the British guy got sent off. Yeah. The German guy got complimented by the referee. Yeah, but he just did it quickly. You know? <laughs> and, um, yeah, so some received praise, as you said, some received red card. Oh. Southampton's Jason Punchin didn't get away with it so easily, though. He disappeared from the pitch for a few minutes and uh, ran back into the changing room. And when he's returned from his toilet break, Southampton fans were already singing about the events. He went for a shit. He went for a shit. Jason Punchin, he went for a shit. They were chanting around the stadium. Oh, Man, good. that's rotten. You wouldn't want to play anymore oh. after that. Have you seen that meme about like American football fans are like, defense! Defense! Yeah, and then British one. <laughs> like, your father right. is your mother. <laughs> yeah. You all on one another. It's <laughs> like, all right, lads, I've concocted a tune to Beethoven's Seventh Symphony bringing up drink driving charges that player number 13 had when he was an 18 year old or something yeah. <laughs> so, alright lads Jason Punchin clearly went for a shit yeah. all together now one yeah. two three defense <laughs> and uh, after Punchin later scored in the game against Man City he pretended to wipe his ass <laughs> as part of the celebration that's class that's so good man some real shithousery that- from J- Jason Punchin there that is class and the fans immediately came up with another chant. He shits when he wants. <laughs> he shits when he wants. Jason Punchin, he shits when he wants. Oh, that's oh. good, man. That's good. Even So it's not even the players who are involved in the urination. Even the refs get involved. The incident occurred on a Thursday night um, 
during a Copa de Brazil encounter between Boa Vista and Goiás, with eagle-eyed viewers witnessing the moment live on TV when the ref was urinating in the center of the pitch seconds before kickoff. Just like dribbling down his leg then. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, apparently... uh, yeah, fans could see the urine down his leg. It's oh. pretty gross. Yeah, that's that's a gross way of doing it. Uh, take us into Big Jerry. Jerry Collins, uh, rest in peace. Excellent former All Black enforcer. Was captured kneeling, urinating on Lancaster Park before the Tri Nations match with Australia in 2006. Yeah, so he he did the old trick of like he knelt down and then he sort of tucked his cock just sort of out the side of yeah, his trousers. That's the best way. So to like, do like it. sort of pissing like I guess right at his knee, mm. but better than just fire trucking down the front of your shorts, isn't it? Yeah, which uh... which is what Russell Packer did, the dirty bastard. <laughs> so there's uh you could just look this up. It's pretty it's pretty easy to see. Pretty it. well known, yeah. Like they were just about. He's a former so, warrior. Yeah, for context here, up the was. He's a was, for, thank for, you. former warrior. Um, he was in. This is rugby league for those who aren't so into. It's up the was Saturday for everyone listening yeah, at seven o'clock now. Yep. Russell Packer, former warrior, was uh, was set to start a match against the Brisbane Broncos at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane, 2013, and he was you know standing there just waiting for the kickoff. Obviously needed to go. He just, just pissed. He just pissed. He just pissed his shorts. Yeah. Just standing there, and it's like. You know, and then he sort of, he's finished, and then he sort of jumps up and tries to shake yeah, his shorts out a little but bit. that's just like what a toddler would do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like no control over your like, body, just it's pissing like, yourself. It's like he's been swimming, like his shorts are fucking soaking <laughs> in his own piss. It's like, oh. I wouldn't want to tackle Russell Packer on a good day. On the best of days, But yeah. having to tackle Russell Packer, getting your head down around his ass when his pants <laughs> just his shorts soaking are soaking in his own urine. Oh. Oh, that's a pretty disgusting sort of... Uh... Or, you know, he's he was a front row as well. So think of the locks who had to then put their heads between his ass and the next guy. Oh, smelly. Cricket sledging. Yes. So for those who are probably unaware, most of the I listeners... I think a large amount of our student Swedish listenership... Yeah. I, Iceland, actually. Yeah, speaking they do of, have a cricket team. Speaking of Iceland <laughs> listeners, and they're funny as shit on Twitter, or X, formerly oh, known the, as Twitter. Uh, the, Iceland, the cricket team. Icelandic cricket team. Yeah, yeah. Iceland, it's like the official Icelandic cricket forbund or whatever yeah, it is. They, they always have pictures like in the UK, like, oh, it's a bit of rain, the games are called off, and then the Iceland cricket um, team is like immediately responding, like, we have two metres of snow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to clear it. Like, We're going to clear the pitch. They're <laughs> playing on a frozen pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, so cricket sledges is the act of verbally abusing or unsettling a batsman at an attempt to um, make him lose concentration and give his wicket away when you're bowling to him. Often offensive, occasionally amusing, always a topic of conversation. And it's interesting because cricket's meant to be seen as like a really gentleman sport. Apparently not with some of this. Uh, I mean, yeah, sledging's never supposed to be... A good sledge is not a direct insult, right? It's a witty... It's just it's meant to wit- be funny, yeah. A witty, yeah. clever, like, joke, which I, which can be insulting, but not directly insulting, yeah, if you know what I mean. So, wit is the key, and speed is also the key there. Yeah. yeah. It's 7.19 in the morning. I'm not going to get into how cricket works, but uh, <laughs> we're just going to go straight to the sledges. Hundreds, hundreds of years of behavioral yeah. etiquette in yeah. cricket, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's just way too it's many layers. It's just impossible to explain. Right. 
So, Shane Warne, famous Aussie spin bowler, rest in peace, yeah, was bowling to South African Daryl Cullinan. So, Shane Warne says to him, he said, I've been waiting for two years for another chance at you to get his wicket, you know? Mm. And uh, Cullinan immediately responds with, uh, looks like you spent it eating, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Warne, uh, he... he was a porky fella. Yeah, he, he beefed up a bit yeah. during his career. Yeah. By the time of his death, he was quite a... a Horizontally challenged. A, a, a large gentleman. Yeah. Aussie Merv Hughes. Uh, I don't know when he played in the 80s or yeah, something. Yeah, old. Know, you heard about Merv Hughes. Sounds like a guy who lived a long time ago. Yeah, a guy is probably like 86 Well, at the presumably he's still alive, I guess. Huh. But anyway, Merv Hughes. Sounds yeah. like an old guy's name. Merv is a grandpa name. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't just stop at verbal sledging. Uh, after West Indian legend Viv Richards hit Verve for four consecutive boundaries in one single over. So he, he's getting smashed. Yeah. Merv stopped halfway down the pitch, farted loudly. And told Richards, let's see you hit that to the boundary. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> but it's also like, he's losing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like real petty shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back to Viv Richards mm. and Greg Thomas in a county match in England, Thomas was bowling to Richards, getting a few past the bat. And um, after Richards played and missed another one. So uh, he's always missing the ball here. Yeah. Thomas said, it's red. It's round. Now fucking hit it. So uh, this obviously got Richards quite fired up, who then proceeded to hit the next ball out of the ground and said to Thomas, you know what it looks like, now go and get it. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Dennis Lilly versus Batsman. Yeah. So Aussie fast bowling legend Dennis Lilly. Oh, also sounds like a, a grandpa name now, but... Yeah, Dennis. Yeah. Shout out, Dennis. Uh, the Western Australian had a stock line that he used against most batsmen throughout his career. I can see why you're batting so badly. You've got some shit on the end of your bat. At which point the batsman would, you know, flip his bat over and try to examine the end. To which Lily would respond, no, 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 no. Wrong end, mate. Wrong end, mate. (laughs) Implying that the batsman holding the bat is the piece of shit. Yeah. That's good. Just have to explain the joke there. No, no, it's all right. Like, I was trying to explain everyone. That's right, that's right. Israel Adesanya, not a famous cricket player. Israel Adesanya mocking the kid, though. Yeah. Nigerian, uh, New Zealand middleweight mixed martial artist, uh, Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. He fought a few uh, a few months ago, he fought uh, Brazilian Alex Pereira. Yeah. So, I mean, Israel Adesanya is a bit, bit, of, a, bit of a character, let's say. Yeah, I think uh, he's a bit of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. He's once quoted when in referring to an opponent. He was once said that he will crumble like the Twin Towers uh, in reference to, you know, getting his ass beat. Uh, obviously referencing the 9-11 terror attacks there. Yeah. I think he was in the States at the time when he said this. So I, I, People weren't amused. Yeah, it's a it's a poor choice of words, to, yeah. to put it best. He's, I, also, he's also been found to just like scream at the crowd during yeah. like interviews and stuff. Mm. Bit of backstory here. 2017, Pereira knocked Adesanya out in a fight, right? After the match, his then five-year-old son came into the ring and laid down pretending to be dead where Adesanya had been knocked out, obviously mocking him. Yeah, so Adesanya's knocked out, lying down on the canvas of the ring. Yeah. And the kid runs in and does the same thing. Yeah, like, you know, falls over and plays dead next to him. Uh, what a cocky bastard. One, five who year teaches old? a five-year-old to behave <laughs> like this? That's awful That's co- cocky as hell. But, you know, okay, bad behavior. Fast forward six years to 2023. The kid's now 12, right? Mm-hmm. Adesanya gets his revenge and knocks Pereira out. Yeah, when, when they have a rematch. Yeah, so, yeah. winning the fight. Uh, he does this like, you know, bow and arrow motion as a celebration of as if shooting Pereira's body on the floor. That's like... That's Adi- like his trademark. That's his thing. It? Like he does the bow and arrow as if he shot somebody. 
And then he looks around the crowd, and you can see him like scanning the crowd, and he finds Pereira's son again. Yeah, the man is like a drug dog sniffing out the yeah. kid's son. <laughs> he sees him, locks eyes with him, points at him, and then you know crosses his arms over his chest, closes his eyes, and falls to the floor, mocking being dead, mocking his father, who's still fucking unconscious. Yeah, on yeah the... he's still on the canvas there. Yeah. yeah, the kid is bawling into tears in his mother's arms. His mother's obviously distressed as well, watching her husband getting knocked out. Yeah. The kid's 12 years old. Adesanya is 34 years old. <laughs> but I, I just find it hilarious that he thought he had to get revenge. Like, yeah. not even like, oh, he got knocked out before. Fair enough. He wanted to win the, the rematch. Yeah. But he was like, fuck, finally I can get back at the kid. He's been holding on to this for six years. Yeah. <laughs> I Grow mean, up, man. To be fair, it's like, I don't like either of the people in this situation. No. it's Obviously, Adesanya's a bit of a dick for this. But it's also like... I mean, that kid needed to learn a lesson as well. Yeah. (laughs) Cocky little prick. Just, like, hit him down a few pegs there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, If you're going to invite... Yeah, if you're going to invite your kid in to mock your opponent when you win, you're going to have to accept the consequences when you lose as well. So the kids, I mean, okay, the kid's like collateral in this situation. That kid's going to need some therapy. It's not, the kid, it's not the kid's fault that his parents have been, have been teaching him to be a cocky little prick, but... Yeah. Oh, he also... Um, Israel Adesanya also got charged with drink driving recently, so there's that whole thing as well. I'm sure some English fans would find a good chant for him. Yeah. Some honorable mentions that we didn't get to mm-hmm. for the old um, band, bad on-field behavior, yep. <laughs> starting off with Eden Hazard, who just booted a ball boy in a game. Okay. I think it was Chelsea against Fulham, 2015-16, and um, the ball boy was very clearly a Fulham fan, <laughs> and uh, the ball went off, and the kid's just holding on to it, like, just being a little dickhead. Like, I think it's 1-0 Fulham in the 80th minute or something. The guy needs the ball. And then he, he tries to tussle with the kid, yeah. and then just, like, stops and just smacks him. <laughs> just boots him. Yeah, I've seen that video where he yeah. just, like, the kid's, like, lying on the floor with the yeah, ball, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Like, just over the top him. of it. And yeah. then he just, like, lets go, takes a step back, gives him a boot. <laughs> and then everyone's just, like... Wait a second. Mate, this is, this is on live TV. Yeah, yeah. And you realize, like, it's that kind of, like, schoolboy kind of thing. It's the kind of shit you would have got away with at school. Yeah, when you're, like, 13. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, whatever, little prick. Give, give, give me put, the ball. Put the boot in. Yeah, yeah. And then he sort of realizes, wait. Hold up. I'm a professional footballer. Hold up. I'm 28. There's <laughs> thousands, I can't do that. There's thousands of people watching me play football now. <laughs> I, I can't kick the ball, boy. Um, Maradona, Diego Maradona. Also rest in peace. One of the greatest footballers to ever play the game. Mm. Also a very infamous fan of the Colombian marching powder. He used to, he used a fake penis to cheat drug tests because he used to regularly play on cocaine. I would love to know what a fake penis looks like. Yeah. And how he would use... How, I think what you do is you have a fake penis, like a fake looking penis, and then you get someone else's urine yeah. to like cheat the drug test. Someone that you know is clean. Mm. But I mean, even then, how do you use a fake penis from a pair of football shorts? Uh, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I'll but uh, there's also a very famous video where he scores. A, I think he scores a goal for Argentina in mm. some kind of World Cup qualifiers, and uh, the medics come onto the field like, "Oh, to check if he's okay." Or something. He pulled his leg, and then they just like swarm around him, and he takes a big lie. <laughs> <laughs> just give him a bump of cocaine. Like. like in the game. Yeah. All right, mate, let's pause there for a second. Yep. We'll come back to these honorable mentions in a moment. But this is TV Girl and Monster Rally, Average Guy.
every Tuesday at 8pm, drop onto the Blues Train for your weekly fix of blues music, only here on K103. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Yes, choo, choo, choo. Let's get on the blues train. Eden, K103's General Dogs Boy. <laughs> Up the blues train, though. Up the blues train. Yeah. I love that jingle. Um, <laughs> I'm going to cut out the part where I mocked it. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> um, we love you, Eden. Um, we just discussed episode four, band, Bad On-Field Behavior, and we're uh, on our little laundry list. Yeah. And uh, we just got up to Buck Shelford. Yeah, Buck Shelford, former all-black uh, rugby player, is caught at the bottom of a ruck, I don't know, 20 minutes into a game, something like that. Yeah. Against France, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, against Whatever. France. Yeah, essentially he got his scrotum ripped open. Yeah, this isn't, I mean, it's bad on the other behalf, uh, on the French players' yeah. behalf, but uh, it's not really bad on-field behavior, just really weird. Yeah, I don't, know if stuff. I don't know if it's necessarily deliberate, but anyway, it's it a pretty crazy story where he, he goes through the whole thing and he's talking about how, you know, they he, he, you know, he still played another 20 minutes uh. and then he comes off for half-time and one of the other boys is like, you know, in the changing room, it's like, Jesus, Buck, what, what the fuck is that? And he, he realizes that his ripped scrotum is sticking the, out the bottom of his rugby shorts. That's horrible. <laughs> That's the most horrific yeah. thing you could even imagine. You know, it's gross. Buck Shelford himself said, you know, he, you know, he felt, he felt a boot to the balls or whatever. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay, that hurt. Yeah, sure. But carry on. Yeah, you play on. This is yeah, classic, yeah, like, yeah, rugby in the 80s yeah, or sh- 70s or something, yeah. You shake it off a bit yeah. and, you know, take a take a couple of moments and you'll be right. Don't shake it off too much, Buck. Otherwise, it will be gone. That's that's mental. So, if, I think he even had it stitched up and yeah. then went back on to play the second half. Oh, Bugger that. That's rough. Bugger that. The uh, <laughs> Another big honorable mention, the 2000s Paralympic Spanish basketball hmm. uh, team. Now... Cheating at the cheating at the Paralympics is a disgraceful thing to do. Mm. Yeah, I think many a fan would be astonished at how often it happens. Okay. Yeah, and um, perhaps none were as more uh, were as shocking as the two thousands Paralympic Spanish basketball team. The Spanish team won the gold medal in the basketball st- in in the basketball tournament of the Paralympics, and mm. for a while it was deemed yeah just normal good and honest victory. And uh, yet, a Spanish journalist revealed to the managers of the tournament that most of the players on the Spanish team had not been checked for a mental disability. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, in fact, after further investigation, it was revealed that 10 of the 12 players who were playing were, in fact, not mentally disabled. <laughs> oh, Spain man. really just wanted to win a gold medal. That's oh, horrible. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty bad. And uh, more recently, shout out to the Turkish ref who got punched on the pitch by uh, one uh, some Turkish um, football president. Mm-hmm. Hope he's doing all right. Yeah, I hope he's doing all right. I think he's listening, so recovering in hospital, listening yeah. to ordinary observations. Yeah, he tunes into K103 every now and again. Yeah, yeah, so um, big ups to that guy. Hope you're doing all right, mate. Yeah. Episode five. The high seas and the beasts which lurk within. It's actually our least popular... The followers aren't into the... People not into the sea monsters, I guess. Not into the ordinary globstivations. Uh, I don't know. Apparently our audience aren't quite the salty sea dogs that we thought they were. Yeah, yo-ho-ho, sad sea monster noises over here, because what is that about? I love this episode. I thought it was great, but we we discussed the Loch Ness Monster, we discussed the Kraken, we talked about globsters, the UB-85 atrocity, and of course, the mighty Tanifa. Up the Northland. Up the Northland Tanifa. Yeah, we didn't, however, have time. We also discussed the Yakumama, this giant oh, Peruvian right. snake. Yeah. yeah, 
we didn't have time to discuss the Okobogo. Okopogo. Okopogo, yeah. Okopogo is a lake monster said to inhabit the Okanagan Lake in British Columbia. It originates again from First Nations folklore. Uh, Bill Stesiuk is rapidly becoming known as the Ogopogo Man due to his long-time documentation of sightings of the elusive creature which he truly believes exists in Loke Okanagan. Or Okanagan, I think is how you say that word. I've always, I actually lived very close to the Okanagan or Okanagan. Yeah, you see I any just, Okopogos? No, didn't. I've been past uh, this lake a bunch of times. There's actually a website that the guy has made and he has a load of pictures and they're fairly convincing Are of they? something. Yeah. You know, uh, Okay. We'll have a look afterwards. Sure, 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 yeah. The follow-up of the follow-up. Yeah, anyway, so that's we don't really have a whole lot more on this. Uh, he's been interviewed over the years by several interested parties. International interest seems to be really peaking. Having recently received requests for interviews from documentary producers and TV shows from Russia, Japan, United Kingdom, as well as Shaw Cable locally. Yeah. Did we just copy and paste these notes? Maybe, yep. Yeah, I don't know if we... Our listeners really care about Shaw Cable. Cable. Shout out Shaw Cable. Shout out Shaw Cable, the uh, yeah local Okanagan of uh, TV, British Columbia TV broadcaster. And uh, we also um, we ended the episode with the idea that sea monsters do exist. We just call them a different name, e.g., basking sharks are oh, terrifying they are and are fucking freaky. And they are very real. Like they're real, they yeah, exist, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> somebody go look up basking sharks. They will, they'll give you. Yeah, nightmares. there's loads of videos off the coast of Ireland where people go swimming with yeah, them. Yeah, right. Why do they? What is it with basking sharks on the coast of Ireland? They like hanging it's just out. Just the there. Atlantic. It's nice and cold for them. Uh-huh, okay. But it's it's really horrible because the Atlantic day is uh, like a deep green color. Yeah. The videos are terrifying. It's, like really murky water, yeah. like almost swamp like. Yeah. And then you just see this big thing. They have a huge mouth well, that's just, always open. Yeah. Because it just, just like swarms in like mm. krill. What's it called? Krill? Krill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah. So they just float around with their mouths open all the time. Yeah. But their teeth are fairly big as well. Yeah. Bugger that. That's not for me. Yeah. Also, um, like just giant squid in general. Yeah. Also, killer whales. Oh. Uh, Hey, we didn't get to the... Um, Leopard seals as we well. We didn't get to the Zarumaru carcass found off the coast of New Zealand. We, we, we discussed that. Did we? Yeah, we okay. said it looks like a big dragon kind of thing. Oh, okay. Because somebody had said that maybe that was a basking shark and the lower jaw often rots off first. Yeah, I heard that one is like the just the fleshiest part, like no real bone structure, so it just really yeah. opens up. Yeah. yeah, and then that rips away and then it looks like a fucking long neck. Nessie type operator thing, yeah, but maybe at Okopogo, but rotting. Yeah, I think the Okopogo is supposed to be like one of these like sea serpent type operators. Yeah, that that's what the guy reckons he's taking pictures of, and I think yeah. it's some kind of ripple in the lake where it's like, oh, that's a Ooh, very big ripple. It's just a big log, but anyway. Anyway, uh, also, yeah, Nessie lives in caves in Loch Ness. That's why she's not been found yet. Yeah, we keep bringing that up. She's in the caves. Yeah, I refuse to hear otherwise. Nessie is in those caves. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but. Oh. Also, shout out the University of Otago. who did a research into that. Yeah, 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 and found absolutely nothing. Standard Otago behavior. But (laughs) I think we're going to cut the first, let's call this like the first part of our Christmas omnibus. Yep. We've recorded, we're about an hour in here, just about. By the time we play a tune, we'll be an hour in. It's 7.38 in the morning. Yep. So this is part one, and then we'll go into part two. Yep. Sound good? Yep. All right. And we have just finished episode five. Okay, we'll see you on the other side. I guess for the radio audience, that might be a little confusing. But whatever. Listen listen to us next week and you'll hear the part two of yeah, the Yeah, you'll be all right. You'll you figure know the out. drill. You'll figure out. Yeah. It's Ordinary Observations. You yeah. can find us at Spotify if, if you can't find us anywhere else. All right, Mark. This one's Yard Act, Dream Job. 
You've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You'll find all our shows at k103.se. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned.